0: Well, we got a special guest this morning. Actually, he's not a guest at all. He's one of our elders, and he is an awesome man of God. Dr. Jim Coakley is a professor at Moody Bible Institute. He does a lot of Holy Land trips. He's going to be going to the Jordan soon, and he's actually going to be helping me co-lead a trip to Israel for all of 180 Chicago that wants to go. Guess what? A year from January, we are working out dates as we speak, A year from January, we are going to Israel. Save your shekels. It'll be a trip like you can't believe. Amen. You ready to preach, my man? I'm ready. Bring him up here. I'm going to pray over you. Father, I thank you for this man. I thank you for his love for you, his love for the word. Give him unction and anointing of your spirit. You guys agree with me on that? In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Give the man a hand.
1: Well, today is gonna be really simple. I'm gonna follow the KISS principle, keep it simple. And I'll leave what you have that last letter figure out what that last letter is. Because we're gonna talk about something that is so basic, so fundamental to who we are as believers. And guess what, we have object lessons that go along with them. And so sometimes we in evangelical church are all cerebral, it's all about knowledge, it's all about doctrine. But I love the Bible in that it tells us that we can do other types of learning. We can do sensory learning. We can do, again, tactile learning. And yes, we can do with the eyes and the ears and all those kind of things. But we have two object lessons we're going to, one we're going to talk about today and we're going to practice next week, and that's baptism. And the other one is going to be the Lord's table that we're going to observe at the end of this service this morning. And those of you who are on Zoom, if you want to get uh, some elements ready for the communion time a little bit later on, uh, that would be good in preparation for that. But what about object lessons? What about ritual? What about traditions? Carl talked about raising hands, talked about kneeling. And one of the things I'm observing about our students at Moody now is that they are more getting into some of the more traditional kind of practices that we in the Evangelical Church have kind of uh, put off to the side reciting of creeds, uh, kneeling for prayer. And so today I want to talk about baptism because baptism speaks of union with Christ and the Lord's table speaks of communion with Christ. Two fundamental lessons that we need to review. Now I know many of you say, well I've been baptized already. Well we're going to hear some testimonies throughout the message this morning from people who have their baptismal testimony because we want to encourage those of you who have not been baptized to consider undergoing that practice next Sunday. But just like many of you have gone to weddings and you've been married before, or you're married, and you rehearse and review what you're hearing the pastor and the ceremony all talking about and re-upping, recommitting uh, what that relationship is if you're already married. For those of you who are single, what you have to look forward to. So what is with baptism? Many of you have already been baptized. But I want you to, as we go through, kind of rehearse and review uh, some of the fundamental core truths and why we do baptism as a Christian church. And so, the first question is why should we be baptized? And like I said, it's going to be very basic. Why should believers be baptized? Number one answer is because Jesus commanded it. That's very basic. Jesus said, go into all the world and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. So one of the two ordinances we've just talked about is baptism and Lord's table. And so baptism should be one of the first steps that a believer in Jesus Christ should undergo. And so if you're here without ever being baptized, consider it, because this is something that the Scriptures and the Word of God and Jesus Christ himself tells us. So let's listen to Matthew chapter 28. This is Matthew chapter 28, and it gives us our marching orders for why we baptize. And Matthew 28, verses 19 to 20. And what I'd like for you to do is everyone stand, please, and if you're at home too, stand, and let's recite this passage together, another ritual, unison reading of the Word of God. Let's start. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. You may be seated. So that's the command. We are to make disciples, and once we make disciples make believers we are to baptize them in that expression of the father son and holy spirit and so what i want to do now is i have a testimony from angel and he's going to come and he's going to share about his call to being baptized oh you got it okay yep So Angel's going to give us testimony about what it was like for him to undergo the call to obedience in believer's baptism. So um, my journey started at a simple... Well,
2: my Uncle Jose, the one that plays uh, bass, we were doing a softball tryout, and we didn't have a location to do it, and he volunteered um, the gym at the church that he was attending at the time. So we did the whole... um, Try out, and afterwards, I was speaking with Jose and another pastor from, from the church, um, and they invited me to come to church on Sunday. So I was like, "Okay, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll go." So that same day, it was a Saturday. That same day, I invited Jose to come over to my house. It was my birthday weekend, and Jose came over. And that day, uh, I got hammered. I was, I was pretty, I was, I was pretty out there that day. So the next morning, I wake up, and my wife wakes me up, and she's like, hey, are we going to church today? And I was like, oh, I don't know. I got this spitting headache, right? The whole, the whole thing, whatever. She came. A couple minutes later, she came, gave me a vitamin water and two, I would say, Holy Spirit pills because I woke up, I took a shower, and we went to church, and I went into church. Uh, i never forget, Rich Vargas gives me this big hug. I'm looking at this dude like, what are you doing? Don't be hugging up on me. I'm hard, right, the whole thing. Um, so I'm sitting down next to my wife, and she tells me, you stink. I was like, I took a shower. She goes, you smell like beer. It's like it's coming out of my pores. Um, Pastor Daddy Lopez said a couple words that gripped me, got my attention was, we're not here for religion, tradition, we're here for Jesus Christ. Got my attention. So we kept going, week in, week out. One day I'm in my garage on a Monday after, you know, Sunday. I'm I'm in the garage smoking a cigarette, and I decided to give my life to the Lord. Just that moment. About 20 seconds later, who calls me? Jose calls me on the phone. I was like, how did this guy know? So I told him my decision. He's super stoked. We're, you know, he's like, your life is going to change. You're going to see this and that or whatever. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. So that same day, now I'm having dinner, and I'm like, how am I going to tell my wife that I made this decision? And I feel like I'm going to ask for a divorce because... Somewhere I, in, in, my, in my mind, I knew that following Jesus, and I didn't know this at the time, but I knew that it wasn't a cost. And if she wasn't on board, I was going to lose my family. So I'm sitting there, and she notices something's going on, and she was like, Ange, what's up? And I'm like, nothing. She asked me again, because she knew something was up. And I told her I made this decision, and she was like, ah, are you sure you know what you're doing? I was like... No, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) And we hadn't been talking about this, and she was like, I feel the exact same way. So the Lord was already working in her, working in me, and we both made the commitment to follow the Lord. So not only did, did we decide to get baptized, we dedicated our daughters that day. And they were... They were baptized catholic you know the whole tradition and we dedicated our daughters um she got some flack from her family because of the whole tradition thing they didn't understand um, but yeah we we decided to give our life to the lord and that day we got baptized um we dedicated our daughters and then my wife and i got baptized and pastor daddy lopez from new life uh, community felt the spirit just fall upon that place and i believe it was seven other people including jose junior were led to get baptized and that place was rocking man that place was rocking <laughs> but yeah um, that was that's our story
1: all right thank you so much thank you there angel for giving that testimony and see it's a act of obedience you come to faith in Jesus Christ, and you want to obey him in what his commands are. And one of those commands is to be baptized. And thank you, uh, Angel, for giving us that testimony and also for encouraging others as well to consider that. So why should believers, uh, you know, what is it that we're doing? Uh, why? is because Christ commands it. Second one is who should be baptized? Well, we've already kind of answered that, and that is Believers. We call it believer's baptism. So these people who have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, they undergo the ritual, they undergo the tradition of baptism. And we read in Acts chapter 8 and verse 12, but when they believed Philip as he he preached good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. So here we are in the early church. And what happened is Philip is preaching the gospel, and all of a sudden then some people begin to respond. And now as a result of that, now they're ready to be baptized. And so that's the order. You don't get baptized in order to get saved. You become saved, and then you get baptized. So that's the who of who should undergo. That's what we call it, believer's baptism. And so here we have another testimony from one of her own, who's gonna share about her testimony about what it was like to undergo baptism. Hi, my name
3: is Bart Bielen and I just wanted to share my testimony about being baptized. Um, I grew up in the church. I, as a little kid, I just loved Jesus with my whole heart. Um, my, my parents actually came to Christ kind of after. I remember my grandma and my brother taking me to church and I just loved Jesus. My parents, once they became saved, they would have missionaries come to our house. I always thought that I would become a missionary. Um, I remember one of my favorite songs was um, I Have Decided to Follow Jesus, No Turning Back, No Turning Back, which we sang today um, in church and just having those memories. Um, my, ki- my parents sent me to Christian school from fourth grade to eighth grade. I went to a Lutheran school. Um, I was baptized as a baby and I made my confirmation when I was in eighth grade. I went to Christian high school, loved it, um, went to college, and married my husband, and I was never baptized as a believer. And fast forward, um, in my 40s, I was sitting in church, it was January 29th, 2017, and we were at Suncrest Church in St. John, Indiana, and he pre- he was preaching on baptism and how we as believers should be baptized. and that our baptism when we were a baby was kind of like our parents' dedication to us, that that's their belief, that they're gonna raise us in the church. Um, I just felt God wrestling with my heart, like, like, God, I've loved you my whole life. Do I really need to be baptized? And um, I was crying in church, and I'm like, I told my husband, I'm like, Rob, will you baptize me? Um, It was a service, there were probably 30 people that got baptized that Sunday. Um, It was January 29th, I was wearing a heavy dress, boots, my husband was wearing a suit, he's like, really? I'm like, yeah, I I need to be baptized. And um, we went into the, it was a hot tub actually, Um, he baptized me, went under, came up, just totally felt the Holy Spirit, you know, disobedience, I I was obeying God. And um, I feel, looking back at that now, that God was preparing me for some really hard times that we were gonna go through. And I look at that baptism kind of as God's anointing. And I just wanted to share my story with you because through that baptism, that January of that year, then in May, is when we started coming to 180 Chicago. So um, thank you so much for hearing my story.
1: Yes. Yes, thank you, Barb, when you're watching this later. And again, what a powerful testimony. And again, the point is, is that she was baptized as a child, as a baby. A lot of people are in church traditions. But it wasn't their decision to go that. It was their parents. And so that's why we call it Believer's Baptism. We want to have this become your testimony of faith and your personal decision to trust Jesus Christ as your only hope of salvation. And so if you've been baptized as a child, we're not trying to denigrate that at all. That was great on your parents to want to dedicate you in that way. But we also want you to consider that you make this your choice, that you make this your decision to make a statement that you are now part of the family of God. And so who should be baptized? Believers, disciples, anybody who can put a faith, puts their faith and trust in Jesus Christ another simple question is how should we be baptized well you heard barb in the video talk about being immersed in a hot tub Uh, we talk about baptism by immersion the word baptism comes from the word to dip now it has other meanings as well but primarily it's to go underneath the water and so baptism the way we practice it is baptism by immersion there are other ways And if you are considering baptism, uh, we want to encourage you to consider baptism by immersion. And that's what we'll have next Sunday. We'll have that opportunity for you to be baptized by that method. But other methods are sometimes done in traditions. And I would say, and I would think Pastor Carl would agree, that if you are fearful of water and you have some other issues, we can accommodate that. But as long as you make it a conscious decision on your part to become a baptized believer in Jesus Christ. And here we see in Acts chapter 8, another passage of Scripture that talks about this baptism by immersion. Now remember, this is the Ethiopian eunuch uh, being led to the Lord by Philip, one of the early apostles. And he, of course, puts his faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And there, he's heading back home to Africa in an area where there's not much water. But listen to this verse. And he commanded the chariot to stop, and he both went down into the water. Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more and went on their way rejoicing. And so even though it was an area there probably wasn't a whole lot of open water, they found a pool of water for which they could both go down into, and they could perform this baptism by going into the water and coming out. And we'll talk about why that is significant in terms of some of the symbolism, some of the meaning behind why you do that kind of practice. But we also do not only baptism by immersion, but we also do the baptism in the name, as we saw from our passage earlier, Matthew 28, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We baptize in the name of the Trinity. Now, if you've been astute, there's been one member of the Trinity that has gotten some focus with all of this baptism. Angel stressed it, Barb stressed it, and even we have the, the Word of God stressing it, and that's something to do with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit and water seem to go together. Right away in the Word of God, we see that connection. So now I'm going to, the teacher had in me. Going back to Genesis 1, we see that there was the waters And what is the Spirit of God doing? He's hovering over the face of the waters. And so there seems to be a connection with the Holy Spirit and water. Same thing, too, with Ezekiel chapter 36. There's a passage there that associates, uh, he shall spread clean water on you, and you shall be forgiven. And so there's notions of the Holy Spirit and water. And I think that's something that we think about, and we'll hear that in in testimony just a little bit as well, stressing that. But I want to do a little bit more on the teaching part. How did this baptism thing come about? It just seems to kind of pop into the New Testament with John the Baptist kind of doing it. Now, in the Jewish tradition, they were doing all sorts of ritual immersions. Uh, As they were going to prepare to go up to the temple, they would go into a bathing pool, and they would walk down one side and come out the other. There wasn't necessarily somebody doing the dunking. They were just walking into this pool of water and coming out, and it was part of ritual purification. The priests in the Old Testament would also undergo this kind of purification ceremony with water, and that makes sense. We normally think of water and purification, Well, what about the water of baptism? Because it's not dealing with salvation, it's dealing with something else. So let's rehearse once again. We notice that we have something going on with water and coming out the other side all the way through the Old Testament. Think about Genesis 1 again. We have the waters below and the waters above, and what happens? The Lord separates those waters, and out from that comes the dry ground. So there's something about the fact that humanity, in a sense, has to pass through these waters onto dry ground for their space to operate. But then after Adam and Eve spell through their sin, through their disobedience, we have Noah. Remember the account of the whole flood that flooded the whole world and all the then known world was, was killed by the flood. And what happened? Noah and his family were saved on the water and they emerged on dry ground the other side after that long trial. And so there's something once again about passing through the water to get to dry ground. How about the next event? We have Moses. We sang the song called Egypt and this rehearses that song again. When the Israelites, the Hebrews came out of Egypt, what happened? They passed through what? On dry ground in the midst, through the midst of the waters on either side. And they came to victory. Deliverance, salvation. What about Joshua? The same thing. Joshua, as he's ready to lead the people into the promised land, the Jordan River parts. They pass through on dry ground and they get into the land that God wanted them to do. And so there's something about this passing through water to get to dry ground for you to complete your mission. And lo and behold, we come to the New Testament. When Jesus undergoes John's baptism, John the Baptist baptism, and what happens? He's there in the water of the Jordan, just like Joshua led the people earlier in their history, and now what's happening? He is baptized. The Holy Spirit comes on him like a dove. Again, the Holy Spirit is part of that whole storyline. And what is it? Jesus comes out, and he begins his public ministry. From then on out, he's got his face to set himself towards Jerusalem, to ultimately become the sin sacrifice for your sins and mine. And so there's this pattern of going through water which basically is sometimes not a good thing, oftentimes not a good thing at all. It's chaotic, it's dark, and it kills the people in Noah's flood. It kills the Egyptian army. But yet what's the perfect picture of what happens when we undergo baptism? We go down into the water and if Carl, Pastor Carl does his job right, he'll bring you back out again. Why? Because that is, the, the, in a sense, the picture of chaos, of, the, of sin and the grave. And just like Jesus was in the grave, what happens? We come out again exalted because of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done. And so what is the meaning of baptism? There's a couple of things with baptism, and one of those is identification. Identification. Oftentimes, I know we think of water when we think of baptism. But really, the better word is identification. Who are you identifying with? Who are you associating with? Who are you aligning yourself with? Because there's the baptism of Moses. They didn't get wet, though they walked through it. There's the baptism of the dead. Strange verse in Corinthians. There's no water involved there. It's about identification. That's the key word that you need to think about. Here's Romans chapter 6, verses 3 and 4. It says what? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? So see the symbolism here. Just as Jesus Christ was dead and buried, we were buried therefore with him by baptism into death. In order that, just as Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. And so really what we're doing is when we undergo baptism, you're going underneath the waters, represents a watery grave, and then what happens? You're coming up out of that watery grave, and you're walking in newness of life. Because just as Jesus Christ was resurrected, you too now have been given uh, this walk to new life. And so, what I want to do now is have sh- us uh, sh- hear a testimony from. We have Santiago going to come up here. Oh, he's going to come right up, and I'm going to interview him. Thank you, Santiago. Is this mic on? All right, we're good. All right, good. So Santiago, tell us just a little bit about yourself. Um, so personally,
0: I I've got Can I hold it? Or, <laughs> um I mean, my my since my birth in my in my life, the way I, I came to be uh living um I was adopted originally and I went to a first presbyterian church and i was adopted by uh and i live with i lived with my adopted mother growing up and so my birth mom she lived uh for a while i never got to meet her and she dealt with cancer and these past two years i i really got to get to know her and and even though she grew sick it was a it was a trial and a tribulation that she went through and it it took a chunk of her life but i was able to meet her um in in a a fabulous way and she totally transformed my faith and she passed she passed away but um she's now with the lord in heaven and um, she's really boosted my faith and I was the answer to uh, Judy who uh, is my adopted mom. She brought me to this church and um, while Karen was still alive two years ago, I I Got baptized myself in a church in Michigan. It's a messianic Jewish church um, and god really turned me around and he changed my life because i found myself going down the path of destruction where i thought that it seems everyone else seems to be going and god turned me around to follow him and uh, i'm i'm really thankful and um i was i was gripped by sin uh in the in the past and now i He's allowed me to be washed clean and walk in the
1: faith. So, yeah, I'm,
0: I'm really glad.
1: All right. Thank you, Santiago. You heard the issue of identity coming uh, as an adopted child, but now another adoption has taken place. He's now part of the broader family of God because he's now identified with what the greater body of believers of which all of you who have put your faith and trust in him are a part of as well but there's one other thing besides identification and that's proclamation or confession think about colossians chapter 1 verses 10 through 14 this is uh, not really a verse that deals specifically with baptism but i think it gets the heart of what we're doing when we undergo baptism so as to walk worthy, uh, a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness. Santiago talked about the path of destruction that he was going and has transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son and now we have redemption the forgiveness of sins and so when we undergo baptism we are in a sense making a statement a confession we are making a a a position a statement where we're in a sense declaring i think to four different audiences first of all we're declaring to god i'm your child I am now belong to you. I am a child of the Father. Thank you. And now I want to live a life that shows that your work is in my life. But you also are demonstrating it to other fellow believers, to the church. You're saying, hey, I'm part of you. We're now part of this broader family of God. And so, uh, again, you hold me accountable. Uh, We're part of this family. And so you're making a declaration not only to God, but to others that you are serious about this walk you have with Jesus Christ. But you're also making a statement to unbelievers and you're saying, you know what? Jesus Christ has made a difference in my life and I want you to see it. I want you to, in a sense, see the difference that Jesus Christ can make in your life just as he's done in mine. But there's one more audience, and the early church was serious about this, And that is, they were having an audience to the unseen realm, to the angelic and demonic forces that are around there. And so basically they're saying, I am putting my loyalty to the cross of Jesus Christ. And the enemy does not have any hold on me anymore. And baptism is basically stating to the demonic forces, you know what, you're losing. I am a child of God, and I am making this public outward demonstration of an inward reality. You don't have a hold on me anymore. And so baptism is a wonderful testimony to God, to the church, to the unbelieving world, and to the unseen forces out there as well. Now, just a couple of things before we close, and that's some misunderstandings. It's really easy to think, as I mentioned about cleansing, that we're talking about baptism is what saves you. No, it's not. Baptism is the first step of obedience after salvation. It is not correlated to salvation. And so it's only for those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So it is not a requirement for salvation. The only requirement you have for salvation is putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And baptism does not need to be redone for those who have already done it as a believer. Now, sometimes there's these areas where I wasn't really, in a sense, a a believer, and certainly we want to work with that. And if you were baptized as a child, as an infant, and you want to make now your adult a statement of, of decision for Jesus Christ, that's fine. But don't... Lord's table is something you do all the time. Baptism should only be once if you are doing it the way that the Bible talks about And one last thing is that baptism does not provide some sort of spiritual benefit. There's no extra merit badge other than the fact that you get the joy and the blessing of being obedient to God. And so, baptism is something that we all should consider. And for those of you who have already been baptized, I hope that uh, our talk this morning has just reminded you of the power of your baptism. And that next week, when you observe those who undergo baptism, you can rejoice with them and rehearse some of the things that we talked about today. So what is the main thing? Well, we be baptized because we do it out of obedience and love for the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for the fact that we have this ritual, this object lesson that reminds us of the fundamental truth that we are now part of your family that we, like Jesus Christ, who is dead, buried, and risen from the dead, we too are raised to walk in newness of life. And Father, I pray for those that are, have not yet undergone baptism, that they will seriously consider undergoing this very important act to make a statement to you, to others, to the unbelieving world, and even to the unseen forces of darkness, that they are a child, that they are a child of God. So Father, may you work in our lives that which is well-pleasing today. And as we celebrate another opportunity for uh, the object lesson, as we move to the Lord's table in just a few moments, may we be reminded once again of that fundamental truth that Jesus Christ gave his body and his blood for us. So we're thankful for these object lessons that remind us of these very fundamental but basic truths. For this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Great word, Jim.
0: Hey, give the brother a hand, will you? Great word.